truth is, I don't eat tendons either, but not for that reason. <laughs> How are we doing this morning? Doing well. Thank you for asking. I appreciate it. Uh, you guys looking good this morning. See some nice smiles this morning. Heard a few coughs this morning. Getting nervous around people who cough nowadays. If we haven't had the chance to meet yet, my name is Jonathan. If you're a guest with us, I am uh, part of the team here for Family North Oaks. I'm the pulpit uh, minister, which means I usually give the messages on Sunday. And if we haven't had a chance to meet yet, let's make sure we uh, shake hands before you leave, okay? Okay, all right, okay. Um, let me see, anything else I want to talk about today? Nope, that's about it. You guys ready for the message? Yes. Are you sure you're ready for the message? Yes. All right, you have your Bibles? Yes. You have your Bible apps? Yes. You got your Bibles or your Bible apps? Yes. Now, if you're on your phone... Make sure it's a Bible app. <laughs> all right? I don't want to hear like, ding. No, no, I just want to hear this Bible app, all right? Hold up your Bibles and your Bible apps, and let's say these words. Say, I believe. I believe. Say, I believe. I believe. The Word of God. Word of God. I, hope I hope in the, po- in the promises of God. Promises of say it like you mean it. I trust my life, trust my life. to the will of God. The will of God. Amen. 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 We're going to continue uh, the series that we uh, have been on. Uh, we have two more messages in this series. I plan to wrap this one up uh, on next Sunday, uh, if plans uh, stay the same. Um, but we have been talking about living a life uh, according to faith, um, uh, which is a transformed life, living a life that is transformed because of our faith. And again, uh, the main idea uh, that we've been promoting uh, in this particular series is that a transformed life is a life that has has changed, a life that is going through change, a life that is changing, and we should see a distinct difference between uh, our life before we had faith in Jesus and our life after we started having faith in Jesus. And the things that we do because of faith are uniquely and distinctly because of our faith. There really shouldn't be any other reason to do these things other than we believe we are being guided by, taught by, directed by Jesus, by God, and that we are doing things that are pleasing to our Lord because of our new designation, because of our new mission, because of our new name, because of our new relationship with God. We should just be different. Is that all right? We we okay with that idea? And so today we're going to talk about overcoming. And the idea is that our faith will lead us to and take us to places, uh, take, take us through things, and we're going to overcome those things. Now, some things, some things we're just not going to overcome. Some of these things that we believe are of great importance uh, aren't really of great importance in the big scheme of eternal life. Uh, some of us uh, are going to live 60 years, 70 years, 80 years. I don't know how long I'm going to live, but whatever amount of fleshly life that we have on this earth, our eternal life is so much more longer than that. I think you guys, some of you guys will remember when I tried to uh, uh, do this demonstration that I stole off the internet. Um, and it was, it was so cool on the internet. Remember, remember I had the rope and then I put the black tape on the end of the rope. If I had thought of this, it would have been fantastic. But I saw somebody else do it and I said, I'm going to steal that. It was great. And we showed that the little black tape was the amount of life that we have on earth. And then we show how when that passes, and you just have so much more rope after that because that is life after physical life, and that's what's important, right? 
we try to teach that lesson to our kids in some respect where we try to let them know that what you're going through right now is just this little season that you're going through right now and don't do things in this little season that you're going through right now that are going to affect you for the rest of your earthly life right we try to let you know well, I, I know you don't like math but you got to deal with math and you have to do well in math because not doing well in math will put obstacles in your life later on and you don't want those obstacles so put the study time in now so you have opportunities later instead of obstacles but see in their minds life is right now and not going somewhere on Friday night not going somewhere on Saturday night that's a big deal right now where we understand miss this Friday night miss this Saturday night you have lots of Friday nights and Saturday nights going on down the line and as adults we generally understand that in terms of our physical lives but as adults we sometimes act like spiritual kids and not understanding that it's the eternal life and the things that we need to actually overcome are toward our eternal life and not our temporary physical life and what I meant by some things we just may never overcome um, things like this some of us are broke oh y'all gonna leave me here by myself some of us are broke. We're pretty broke. You're going to die broke. I know that's not good news. Nobody wants to be broke. And nobody wants to settle into the idea that I'm always going to be broke until I'm just not here no more. But that's the reality for some of us. That's, that's our reality. Some of us live in places that we don't necessarily want to live. We live in areas we don't necessarily want to live. Uh, uh, we're not, the person, we're not uh, with the person that we think we want to be with. There, there are these things that, that happen in this temporary physical life that we think we're going to have these breakthroughs. and blah, blah, blah. Here it is. You're not going to lose the weight. Your hair is great. That's the way it's going to stay. It's just things, Right? And so we're not talking about overcoming these things that don't really mean that much. We're talking about the things, uh, we're talking about overcoming the things that God wants you to overcome. And none of those things have to deal with the external. And none of those things have to deal with these uh, temporary situations. All of those things have to deal with the internal. Overcoming things that deal with your heart, overcoming things that are, uh, are trying to attack your mind, overcoming things that are, that are flaws in your character. These are things that, that, that God is working on us and working in us to, to make us healed and make us whole. Is that all right? Is that all right? See, some of us might be broke and we're going to die broke, but some of us are selfish, but we don't have to die selfish. Some of us are self-centered, but we don't have to die Self-centered. Some of us are mean, and we don't have to die mean. Some of us, all those kind of things that are not Christ-like, but that God wants to transform us through. Is that all right? Now, the reason that some of us don't overcome these things is because we don't want to go through the struggle that it takes to overcome these things. Some of us run away from the fight instead of facing the fight and going through the fight because the fight that we have to fight just seems too difficult to fight. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? So we're going to look at this, 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 uh, this story of Jacob and this fight that Jacob had. And we're going to see this as an illustration for what God wants us to go through so that he can actually do what he has to do to transform us. Because uh, uh, the idea here is, well, we'll, we'll talk about it a little later, but, but the idea here is that Jacob was fighting. He was fighting. And Jacob didn't win the fight. He fought for a long time and he fought hard. But Jacob eventually asked for something. 
in the fight. And that's where the victory came, even though he lost the fight. Some of us can relate to this story about Jacob wrestling with God. I read this little interesting article. Um, I fight with my kids. I don't know if I ever told you that. Did I ever tell you that? that? I beat my kids like almost daily. (laughs) Daily. I'm bigger than them. I'm strong. They're tiny. Especially my son. (laughs) No, but honestly, uh, my my son jumps on my bed every morning, and we we battle. I used to do it with my daughter, but she's cool now, so, you know. But I actually read this article about how necessary it is to roughhouse with your kids. Now, I didn't know I was this smart, but I was. (laughs) This article let me know how smart I was. But they're saying how necessary it is to roughhouse with your kids because that's one of the ways that they bond with you. That's one of the ways that they gain trust from you. Because if you ever rough, roughhouse with your kids, you guys, you're going to tell me you never threw your kids in the air. Come, come on. Yeah. Right? But you, you roughhouse with your kids, and they know that you are stronger than them. But they also know that you're never going to hurt them. And then if you do it the right way, you kind of fake a little bit. Oh, you got me. And you let them get on top and and you let them exercise their strength over you. But at the same time, they're never going to hurt you either. And so even though you're struggling and you're wrestling, there's this trust thing going on. And they know my dad is never going to. Sometimes my son says, you can't use all your strength. (laughs) That's a rule. Right. And like sometimes I have I, I get my son down. He goes, time out, time out, time out. And I, I get off of him, jump, time in, and it's like that. <laughs> but there's this physical trust thing that goes on, and in the bonding of that, later on in life, there's a psychological thing that goes on where they get this understanding that no matter what, he's not going to hurt me. And when situations arise and they got to give you that bad news that they have to give you, and they're in a situation and they need your help and they know you're going to get mad. But even though you're going to get mad, you're going to help them out of the situation first. You're going to protect them and help them first. And then you're going to yell. (laughs) And so there's this thing about wrestling, jostling and roughhousing with your kids that actually builds something that that goes on. That's what boys and girls. I'm not being sexist here. I beat my girl up too. Um, (laughs) Through this encounter that Jacob had with God, this wrestling match, this roughhousing, this jostling match, Jacob was changed, and he was changed forever. But Jacob's wrestling match, it, it, it occurred in one night. It was a, it was a one-time event, but his, his change and his transformation didn't happen overnight. That wasn't just a one-night event. That actually took some time for it to actually come into what it was going to be, but it started on this particular night, and God's work of, transform, of transforming uh, uh, Jacob into Israel so that he could become who he was supposed to become as Israel, that actually took a lifetime, but it started that night. So we're going to take a look at Jacob. And we're going to consider this process of God's character building work in all of our lives. And we're going to look at how necessary it is for us to actually face the fight and go through the struggle that we need to go through so that we can overcome. Is that all right? Is is that all right? Now, some of us are very real people. And we have no problem talking about the, the person that we used to be in the past. I happen to be one of those people. Now, I know there are certain words I shouldn't use. They're shocking and they don't belong in the pulpit. But some of those words apply to me. And I know some of us, we just church people and we've always been perfect and we ain't never done nothing wrong. And 
We ain't never cussed and all. Uh, you be who you need to be. Be who you need to be. I generally can't front about who I used to be because there's usually too many witnesses of my past somewhere uh, around. And if I try to tell a lie, I don't have the kind of friends that keep their mouth quiet for my sake. They were like, uh, <clears throat> they'll let you know. If you're not familiar with the story of Jacob and Esau, uh, here's the big thing. Uh, Jacob had a complicated life. Jacob went through some stuff, and most of the stuff that Jacob went through, he caused. He had some ups and downs, mostly downs, but some ups. Uh, but he, he caused most of his problems. The real big thing uh, that you need to know about Jacob is that he had, a, he had a big brother named Esau, and he tricked his father into giving him the blessing that rightfully belonged to Esau. He, he stole his brother's birthright. That's, that would be the big plot point if this was an HBO movie. Jacob, uh, on this particular night, we can actually bring up the, the, the text if you like. Uh, Jacob, on this particular night, was alone in his camp after he had sent his people ahead of him. And he sent his people ahead of him with gifts for his brother Esau. Uh, he and his brother Esau had been estranged for a very long time, as you can imagine. And Esau was, I mean, and, and Jacob was going to try to uh, smooth that over. And so he had all kinds of livestock and all kinds of stuff that he was going to present as a gift to his brother Esau, but he had sent his people ahead with instructions about what to do when they came in contact uh, with Esau with all this livestock and all that kind of stuff. And, and Jacob was by himself at the camp at night. And I can, I can only imagine all the stuff that was going through Esau's mind, uh, Jacob's mind when he's by himself thinking about the impending reunion with, with his brother wondering if his brother was going to accept the gifts or whether his brother was going to come warring. He had recently found out that his brother was coming after him, and so he didn't know exactly how that was going to play out. And I, I can imagine Jacob alone at the camp at night, and this, this might have been the first time that he had been alone with his thoughts in a long time. And you know how it gets sometimes when you're just alone with your thoughts and everything's not okay? And it's just you and your thoughts and the anxiety. And it's just you and your thoughts and playing out all of the situations that could possibly happen and none of them seem to be good scenarios. That's not a good place to be in. That's not a good place to be in at all. Um, kind of thinking about, well, you know, I, I, I did this thing and I know I probably shouldn't have done that thing, but did do, is doing that thing really as bad as it may have seemed, you know what I mean? Like, if, if, if you're Jacob, you're sitting around, and you're like, well, you know, maybe the birthright technically was Esau's birthright. I mean, but, but we're twins. I mean, you know, he came out first, but does that really mean he's my big brother? We were born the same day, same time. I was literally on his heel. That's what the text says, that when, when Jacob was born, Esau was right behind him holding on to his heel. They called him heel catcher. And the heel catcher became a deceiver when he took advantage of his father's poor eyesight and stole his brother's blessing. And so he's probably going through all this stuff about what does that really mean about him and who he is as a person and all that kind of stuff. And he's, he's alone with his thoughts. And he, he comes to this place where he's actually ready to make things right with his brother. And 
he's humble enough to want to offer gifts uh, uh, to his brother. He, he definitely knows that his brother's on his way and his brother ain't on, on his way by himself. He got people with him. We don't know if he's coming as a welcome wagon or to wage war, but something's about to go down. And, and, and it's interesting because I, I, I like that the scripture just says that Jacob was by himself and that this man came and they just started fighting. The man didn't give any declarations of who he is and he didn't give any declarations of why he wanted to wrestle with Jacob. And so we really understand that it's just a fight that Jacob had to have, right? Jacob was left alone and he wrestled with a man there until daybreak. It's interesting to me the way that they, they just launch right up, right up in there. But, but he's wrestling with this man. He wrestles with him all night. He eventually realizes that this man is not a man. He gets broken in this fight. And he eventually demands uh, uh, requests, asks, begs for. I think the text says demands. He, he, he demands a blessing from the man. The man gave him the blessing. He actually changed his name from Jacob. He went from being Jacob, the, the heel catcher, the deceiver, to being Israel. And that's a big deal. That's a big deal. Uh, when, when Jacob received the blessing, he, he praised God. And God's process of changing Jacob had begun in that moment. We'll go ahead and read it uh, one more time. Genesis 32, uh, beginning at 24. <clears throat> it says, Jacob was left alone, and he wrestled with a man there until daybreak. When the man saw that he could not defeat him, he touched the socket of his thigh, and uh, the socket of Jacob's thigh was dislocated as he wrestled. The man said, let me go. It's daybreak. Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And then he said to him, what is your name? He said, Jacob. Then he said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel. Because you have fought with God and with men and you have won. Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. And he said, why do you ask me what my name is? Then he blessed him there. Jacob named the place Peniel because he said, I have seen God face to face and my life has been spared. And the sun rose and he crossed uh, over at Peniel and he was limping because of his thigh. For that reason, to this day, the people of Israel do not eat the tendon of the hip that is on the socket of the thigh because God touched the socket of Jacob's thigh and the tendon of his hip. I want you to notice that this encounter that Jacob had with God, it happened when Jacob was all by himself. And that's why I spent so much time with that whole uh, painting the picture of, of Jacob sending the people off uh, uh, ahead of him to, to, to meet his brother Esau and that he was in the camp 
alone at night, alone with his thoughts. And I, I just really want us to really get this picture of Jacob being by himself. And he encountered God while he was all alone. And I am 100% a proponent of, uh, of, of, of fellowship and of assemblies and of Bible studies and of life groups and of relationships with other believers. I think we should have a whole lot of interaction uh, with a lot of believers. I think we should have events and social events and just live life together and have lots and lots of fellowship but we have to have one-on-one moments with God. We have to have these times where it's just us and God giving and exchanging. Is is, is that all right? And it is often through these one-on-one moments is where we will actually get these breakthroughs that God wants us to have. Because trust me, I can share some things with you. I can encourage you. Uh, other people can share some things with you. Other people can encourage you. Some people can nag you. Some people can pressure you. Some people can try to coerce you. People can do what people do. They can put bugs in your ear. They can give you gems of wisdom, whatever you want to call them. But unless you come to the decision that you're going to receive this and believe that this is something that God is giving you and that this is something that God wants for you, you are not going to take it and no breakthrough is going to come. I, I, I am 100% convinced that while I'm up here spitting what I believe to be nothing but truth, that some of you don't always receive it as truth. You're not going to tell me, but you turn it off in your mind. And until you get to this point where you are having this exchange with God and you believe that you're receiving it from God and this is what God wants from you, you're not going to have that kind of breakthrough. Are, are, are we all there? So, so Jacob wrestled with God. And here's the interesting thing. Jacob is wrestling with God, and we know that God is the wrestling champion of the universe. If anybody can put the smack down, God's going to put the smack down. You're not winning a wrestling match with God. There was a whole musical talking about your arms too short to box with God. That's the truth. We're not winning a fight with God. Amen? God could have easily beat Jacob. He didn't even have to come down in the form of a man. He didn't have to send an angel, a messenger, or anything. God can go. (sighs) Jacob lost. One, two, three, down. So this wasn't a fight for God. This is a fight for Jacob. Amen? And again, this is God letting Jacob go through what Jacob needed to go through to get to where Jacob needed to get. Jacob needed to fight this fight. He had to fight this fight and he had to fight this fight all night long to come to the realizations that he needed to come to. Are we okay with that idea? So it wasn't about the wrestling. It was about the struggle. And for Jacob, I want us to really understand it wasn't even about the physical struggle. It was about the internal struggle. It was about the transformation. It was about coming to the realization of what he needed from God. Are are, are we all there? The wrestling was just symbolic. The actual physical wrestling was just symbolic because Jacob had been fighting against God and fighting with himself most of his life. And we all understand exactly what that's like. Right? Right? For, for those of us who, who are living liberated lives, for those of us who are living lives where God has given us the victory and we've claimed the victory and we're living in this victory, we remember the time when there was a duality of, of, of who we were. When there was church us and then us us. Right? 
And we knew that there were, there were certain decisions that we would have to make, right? And just knowing that we had to make those decisions, that was the fight. Acknowledging that you had to make the decision, that was the struggle. Because if it wasn't a struggle, knowing that you had to make the decision, you would have already made the decision. But we were struggling with it. Because we didn't, we didn't want to stop doing certain things. We didn't want to give up certain things. We, 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 we thought we'd be uh, uh, sacrificing uh, too much if we stopped doing this or that. We didn't want to let go of certain people. We didn't want to uh, uh, give up certain pursuits. We had made plans for our own life. And we knew. We felt the conflict. We knew that we were making choices that God would not have us to make. And we felt that struggle. And, and sometimes we, we act like it's God causing that conflict in us. It's not God causing that conflict in us. It's, it's God blessing us with the revelation that we should be conflicted because we haven't given up things that we should give up. That's a blessing. That's a blessing. The struggle is the blessing because the struggle is supposed to lead us to the revelation that we need God for liberation. That's what it's supposed to be about. That's what I'm, I'm, I'm telling you. I was actually teaching a Bible class. I was at that 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 retreat that I go to uh, every April, every every Easter, uh, teaching. It was an auditorium. I'm teaching a bunch of high school kids, and after a while, I wasn't teaching them anymore. I was just having a, a, a inner monologue that I was verbalizing. Because at that particular point in my life, I knew I had to make a decision. And I, I, I made the decision while I was talking. I was teaching the kids. But while I was teaching the kids, I was like, this is really for me, about me. God is taking me through this. I was sitting there wrestling with God in front of a whole bunch of people, just like Jacob was wrestling with God all night long. To come to the point where I just had to say, yeah, I, 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 I got to let that go. I got to let that go. And I didn't know uh, where, where that would eventually lead me. But I knew I had to let it go and go in the direction that God was taking me to go in. Are, are, are we okay with that idea? And so we see that here, this isn't about the wrestling. It is about the struggle. The wrestling really is just symbolic. And it was for Jacob's sake because, see, Jacob wrestling God was really about Jacob wrestling himself. His thoughts, his desires, his wants, his pursuits, his decisions. And Jacob wrestled all night. He was stuck to this stuff. Jacob wouldn't give up. He wouldn't give up. It was, it was like one of those things where, where, where you, 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 you see the big strong person and the, the weak person having an arm wrestling match. And, and the big strong person really ain't doing nothing but just standing there. They're just there. And the weaker person is... Now they won't give up because the stronger person isn't trying to win. He's just holding his ground. But the weaker, <laughs> that's Jacob all night. That's Jacob all night. And this is God. <sighs> this is God. Well, Jacob is doing his thing. Right? Right? And so finally, daybreak. Daybreak. And God literally broke him. God says, I see that you are not going to give up. You're going to struggle. You're going to keep struggling. You're going to keep struggling. Keep struggling. And God literally broke him. And after God broke him, God told Jacob, stop fighting. Stop fighting. And even in his brokenness, Jacob still has some fight in him. 
right? And we've been there too, right? Right? And in his brokenness, Jacob asked for a blessing. And some of us have to get broken before we realize that we need to ask God for that liberation, for that blessing. Jacob had a thing about blessings. He wanted all the blessings. But in his brokenness, he asked for a blessing. And, and God wanted Jacob to admit who he was. See, because before you can become somebody else, you got you to gotta take stock and ownership of who you are. A -a -a Amen? See, none of us are ever going to become X whatever until we admit that we are what we are. I, I, I have a friend, a uh, casual friend. But I remember we went to a uh, young adult fellowship. We were at a young adult fellowship. And she had on a t-shirt. And a t-shirt a lot of people had problems with. And I was like, hey, you know, it just is what it is. But the t-shirt said, ex-fornicator. And a lot of people were just like, oh. <sighs> She was like, it says ex. <laughs> like, I used to be. I ain't no more. This is just a testimony of God. Glory to God. But see, some people ain't ready for that kind of honesty, right? Some people are like, <laughs> <laughs> now see, and it, it, the thing about it was, if you just weren't so putting on a front, maybe you'll feel humble enough to go talk to an ex-fornicator so you can find out how you can become an ex-fornicator too. <laughs> but you don't want to admit who you are. So you can't try to be who you're supposed to be. Amen. We can't ask for help if we don't admit that we have a problem. Amen. God literally broke him. And then he asked for a blessing. And before the blessing came, God wanted Jacob to admit who he was. And God asked Jacob for his name. And in Jacob admitting who he was, he admitted what he had done. And in admitting what he had done, Jacob was just confessing. It happened. It's what, I, it's, it's, it's what I wanted. It's what I went after. I shouldn't have done it. I'm sorry. But he admitted who he was. And it was at this point that God could start transforming Jacob because Jacob gave it up. This is me. This is me. Amen, amen, amen. And when we give it up to God, when we give ourselves to God, then God can start working in us. God can start working on us. And sometimes it's the struggle that people try to avoid. Struggling with God means struggling with ourselves and then ultimately surrendering to God so that he can bless us. But some of us don't want to come up off of who we are. Some of us don't want to open up and give it to God so that God can actually work in us. Some of us don't want to go through the struggle of facing ourselves and fighting with the part of ourselves that we know God wants to purge from us. Because you know what? No, no, no matter what the fight is against, it's a fight. And no fight is easy. And when you're actually fighting against yourself, you know you. And you're going to fight dirty. And there's no stronger fight than the fight for survival itself. Amen. And especially when the parts of you that you know God wants to get rid of, they have an ally that's trying to back them up. 
And that any and every time you are actually trying to with with partnering with God to defeat the parts of yourself that God wants to get rid of. Here comes the devil. Trying to back up the old man. Trying to back up the old man. And, you know, whenever whenever you're in a fight and you got back up, you get a little bolder. Right. And so the parts of you that don't want to die are fighting for survival. They're going to fight that much harder. And that makes our fight that much harder because that is actually a match that if we don't rely on God, the old self can win. And when we try to fight the old self with just who we are by ourselves without the strength of God, yeah, we're outmanned, we're, out, we're outnumbered, we're outmanned, we're double teamed, and we're going to lose. Amen? You guys okay with this kind of talk? You guys okay with this kind of honesty? Yeah? You guys want to know the kind of stuff I used to do? No, not yet. <laughs> but we have to get to this point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, concise. But, but strong words. <laughs> words that mean a whole lot. Um, we got to get to this point where we see what needs to be overcome because God is showing us what needs to be overcome. And we see uh, who we're supposed to be because God is showing us who we're supposed to be. And that we actually get into the fight and struggle with ourselves. Struggle with the old self so that we can put the old self down. And guess what? God has our back. Guess what? God is really fighting the fight for us. Because remember, God is just holding steady while we wrestle against what we should have let go a long time ago. And just say, God, I need your blessing in this. And you got to stop fighting against the things that God is actually sending you. I, I, I know that brother calls you all the time. I know that sister calls you all the time. God sent that to you for your help. I know people are trying to invite you to life groups, and they're trying to invite you to Bible studies. They're trying to invite you to the, the events. They're trying to invite you to get involved uh, uh, with, with, with Bridge to Home, and they're trying to get you involved with, with the, the pregnancy center, and they're, they're trying to get you to pass out flyers, and they're trying to get you to go to the men's prayer breakfast, and they're trying to get you to go to the, the, the women's breakfast. Why are you fighting that? that? That's what God sent you for your transformation. Amen? Amen? All right. And so sometimes we decide to fight the wrong things, and we're fighting against things that we're not supposed to overcome. God, God doesn't want you to defeat the battle of the men's prayer breakfast. He wants you to go eat and fellowship and pray and learn these wonderful lessons that we're learning to become better men for God. Amen? God wants you to go to bowling and fellowship with people who are going to encourage you and speak life to you and be a positive influence in your life and get you to reach out and meet people that you can be a positive influence for as well. And he wants to work on your character through all of these mechanisms that he gives you, especially through the people that he puts in your life in these mechanisms. He wants us to stop fighting him and start fighting the old man. Amen. And I want to encourage you to go ahead and, and, and read the story of, of Jacob uh, when, you, when you have time, and hopefully you're, you're interested in that. And you're going to see that, again, on this night, the story of, of Jacob and his transformation, it, it, it doesn't end. There's a lot more to the story of Jacob's life and transformation uh, than this particular night. But you'll see how this night started something that will go on for the rest of Israel's life. Is that all right? We okay with that idea? Next steps are simple in concept uh, for this. 
we need quiet time with God. We need quiet time with God. And, and again, I want to say this again. I am 100% a proponent of fellowship, of life groups, of assembly, of, 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 of all of our events, of Bible study, of Bible class. I believe we need all of these kind of things. But spending time in a group talking about the Bible or talking about other stuff is not a substitute, and it's not supposed to be a substitute from spending quiet time, one-on-one, opening up, disclosing to God, sharing with God. Letting God know your cares, letting God know your concerns, letting God know your anxieties, letting God know uh, uh, what's important to you and what's going on in your life, letting God know your thankfulness, letting God know your mind and your heart. You have to have that with God. And sometimes uh, we just need to talk to God about the things that we know he is displeased with about us and asking for his blessing in his transformation of those things about us and our character. Is that all right? And you know what? It needs to be a daily thing. It can't be one of those things that you, you put on your calendar where you say, hey, I'm going I'm to get together with my high school buddies uh, once every three months. And it can't be that thing because you know you're supposed to or you're, you're an adult. You know what? I'm going to call my mom every Sunday afternoon. No, you need to talk to God every day. That's relationship building. And miraculous things happen through the closeness of this relationship building. We need to have uh, what some people call devotional time, what some people call meditation time. You can call it interaction time. You can call it prayer. You, you can call it whatever you want to call it. But you need to talk to God every day openly and honestly so that you can struggle with these things that you're supposed to struggle with so that you can overcome these things that you're supposed to overcome with God helping you. Is that all right? So every day you got to spend this alone time with God in prayer. And I would also encourage you to do some type of devotional activity, whether you are reading the scriptures or whether you're reading some type of material that's teaching the scriptures or encouraging you some type of devotional activity every single day and be transparent with God, particularly transparent about what you know to be your weaknesses. And if you don't know what your weaknesses are, ask God to uh, 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 shine a light on them. And trust me, he will. He will show you the areas where you're weak, that you need him to strengthen you in. Is that all right? If you're not in relationship with God the way that the Bible describes a relationship with God, the way that God understands he is in relationship uh, with people, with his children, well, you know what? There's a big step to getting into that type of relationship, and it's the same step that Jacob uh, had to take here where he had to come to the understanding of who he is and acknowledging and accepting who he is so that he could take the next step of who God wants him to become. And sometimes it's, it's, it's just hard for people to understand that they aren't actually in relationship the way God desires relationship. They aren't actually in relationship the way the Bible describes relationship with God. They don't understand why God came down in the form of Jesus. They don't understand why Jesus lived the type of life that he lived and preached the message that he preached. They don't understand why Jesus was falsely accused and why Jesus went to the cross, why Jesus died on the cross, why Jesus resurrected from the grave and ascended to heaven. All of that was so that we could come into relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. Faith that overcomes And in this case, with God extending to us the offer of eternal life through Jesus Christ, that's faith that overcomes eternal death. Amen? 
And so if you don't understand that story, that's why I always put my information up here so we can have that conversation. We can open the scriptures and let the scriptures speak to you so that you can understand the offer of eternal life that God is extending to you so that you can come into relationship with him so that he can save your soul and give you a home in heaven. We can have that conversation this afternoon. If you'd like to have that conversation this afternoon, I'll be right out there shaking hands, giving people hugs, stealing the donut, and you let me know that you have some questions that you want to have answered. We'll sit down and talk about it. If you want to call me or catch me on Facebook or sometime during the week, we'll, we'll set a time and get together and we'll talk about the story of redemption so that you can understand the offer of eternal life that Jesus is extending to you so that you can be in relationship with God. Is that all right? But if you know that today is your day, and you want to surrender your life to God and make Jesus your king. We're going to do what is our, what is our tradition. We're going to stand. We're going to sing what we call the song of invitation. And if you'd like to be baptized today, right now, we will facilitate that for you. After we sing the song, we're also going to invite anyone who has any prayer needs to join our, our elders and our other prayer warriors uh, in Milk and Honey. They'll be waiting for you in there. With no further delay, let's stand. Let's sing. <laughs>